This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. A Week 13 post-Turkey edition of One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome in, folks, on WFUVsports.org. Mac Rosenberg, Sean Cohen. Buddy, how was your turkey yesterday? It was good. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, and thanks. Uh, I hope everyone out there had a great Thanksgiving day. Uh, let us be the last to wish you uh, <laughs> a great day, and I hope you all enjoyed your dinners as well. How was of course, yours, Mac? It was great. Plenty of good football out there, of course. Uh, we had two good games yesterday and one blowout. Uh, obviously, Detroit and Green Bay was, it was a blowout. Um, but we're going to start off with last night's game, the the Steelers and the Ravens. Really a big game for both teams because the winner of that game uh, it was was the Ravens, and they are now in that final playoff uh, spot, that final wild card spot in the AFC with four games remaining on the schedule, 22-20. to 20. And how about this, Sean? Now nine of the last ten games between these two, and we know it's always a good game between the Steelers and the Ravens, have been decided by three points or less. I mean, even if both teams were out of it, this would be a game to to tune into. They are always playing smash-mouth football, uh, and even last night, even the coach got somewhat involved later on in the game. And you know what? I mean, one of the questions, obviously, was it a must-win game for both teams? I'm not necessarily going to say it was a must-win game for both teams. Obviously, you want to win the game. It's, it's you know you have a leg up now if you're the Baltimore Ravens. But there's plenty of teams. Uh, you know, all all it will take is for the Ravens to lose a game. Uh, you know, next week and and then the Steelers to win, and you're right back where you were. Um, so it's going to be very interesting down the stretch in the AFC. But the big story out of this game, Jacoby Jones late in the game with a uh, kick return back about 73 yards during the kick return. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin on the sideline kind of poking out his leg and onto the field and kind of getting in the way, forcing Jacoby Jones further back onto the field. He ends up getting tackled, and uh, a lot of fallout from this. The Ravens players after the game and coaches included uh, John Harbaugh uh, not happy. John Harbaugh saying yesterday, I was wondering did they credit him with the tackle on that? <laughs> <laughs> and you know they could have. They could have looked at the play. They could have gone under the hood right. and assumed continuation of the play and ruled it a touchdown. I mean, I, I don't know if Tom was doing that intentionally, but a lot of people are saying so because afterwards when he saw it on the, the big screen, mm. he, was, he was chuckling a little bit. So you don't know, really know. Yeah, and, that, and that, this is something that actually has happened this year a couple of times with coaches getting in the way on the sideline you know, while a play is happening. Um, and, and they have been penalized for it. I've seen it happen this year, um, but nothing happened on that play. It was a 73-yard return. It wasn't like a 15-yard return that could have been a touchdown. I mean, they, they, they got great field position. They end up winning the game. So, But, yeah, I mean, still, Ravens players, I think they do have a right. Uh, they all think he did it on – most of them think he did it on purpose. So uh, They definitely have a right to be mad, but I don't, I don't think it's anything like the uh, Sal Losey thing the Jets uh, conditioning coach where he actually like right. got onto the field and tripped the guy. Right, it's right, it's right. nothing near that. I remember level that. That was, that was crazy. Um, in this game, you know, the Steelers coming in, I, I thought they were going to win the game. I really, I like the Steelers a lot coming in this game. They've been playing really, really well lately. Ben Roethlisberger, he, he's a, he was a different quarterback, I think, in the last few weeks than he was in those first four. He really was, was doing much better. The defense was playing better. 
Um, they didn't score a point in the first half. Like, you just you just can never know with these things. I, the I offense mean, just looked so inept, and and you thought Ben Roethlisberger was going to come into this game and have a big game. I think he's been fueled a little bit by all the trade rumors, whether true or not, saying that he wants out. And then in the first half, they just came out so flat. So flat. And this Ravens defense, it's unbelievable how well they've done this year without all the pieces. You know, we, coming into the year, you know, they lose Ray Lewis. They use uh, they use um, lose Danelle Ellerby. They lose Ed Reed. Um, you know, so many pieces gone off of that defense. And they're still right up there in most of the major categories on defense. And they continue it last night. But the Ravens got lucky in this game because they were in the red zone multiple times in this game and they could not score a touchdown. They had to go to their kicker, Justin Tucker, who was great last night, you know, albeit. But, you know, they got to convert. The red zone inefficiencies, I, I don't know I don't know if, if the Ravens are a playoff team with, with their ineptitude in the red zone. Well, and all you Giant fans out there will uh, all sympathize with this. You right. know, Tom Coughlin would be going crazy exactly. about the lack Same of thing. green zone efficiency. Yep that the Ravens were uh, experiencing last night, not being able to punch them for six when they really needed to. Yeah, Flacco had, you know, 251 yards a touchdown. Roethlisberger had a couple of touchdowns. So what happened was the Steelers drove down the field a few times. They scored, and they got themselves in a position where, uh, you know, go for two and make it. But interesting scenario when they when they got the touchdown. They got the touchdown twice, and it was called back. Uh, first time to Heath Miller, which was a 20-yard strike. They called him down at the half-yard line. Then Le'Veon Bell goes up the middle. He got stuffed first on got second stuffed, down. Yeah, right, right. He got stuffed on and then second on down. Third, then on third he down, he gets, lit up. he gets, but he got in, supposedly. And then they call that back. And finally, on fourth down, fourth and goal. They get it to a fourth and goal, and they finally are able to punch it in. Couldn't get the two, obviously, and that's your ball game. Very interesting game, though. Uh, as we said, the Ravens moving into that final wild-card spot in the AFC. Dallas and Oakland, and another good game. Oakland, I mean, I think it's fair to say nobody really gave them much of a shot coming into this game. Dallas with the momentum off the win against the Giants. Oakland, you know, another lost season. Uh, and, you know, they put up a fight. Yeah, they did. But it the game didn't seem as close as what the score said. I mean, hmm. the Raiders had t- 50 total rushing yards compared to 225 by the Cowboys led by Lance Dunbar and DeMarco Murray. And... It, this game just had that feel. I know I felt it. I'm sure you felt it. Matt Morrow, a producer back there, <laughs> everybody felt. as Even though he was going 12 for 12 in that second half and he looked great, Romo, you were saying, okay, where's that pick six? <laughs> where's that pick six, Romo? Come on, it's time to blow this game. It never happened. Uh, it was 21-7, though, in that game. at the, at the uh, at, I don't know, it was 21-14 at the half, but it was 21-7 in the, in the first half. Uh, and Dallas was on, the, you know, it looked like they could be set up for a major meltdown loss, but they were able to come back, and yeah, Murray with the three touchdowns, and so the Cowboys, uh, for now, have sole possession of the NFC East, obviously, the still, have, up. Yeah, still have the Eagles uh, on Sunday playing the Cardinals, which should be a very, very interesting game, so NFC East, you still like, you, you told me two weeks ago, when we did this show, that you like Philadelphia, you sticking by that? I'm sticking with that, uh, the Cowboys under Tony Romo in November, 26-6, and six, I believe, hmm. And in December, December, that's where it all that's comes where apart. it all falls apart, and that's where I think it will once again this year. And as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the Eagles' schedule is pretty soft coming down the stretch. They could they could easily rattle off at least three wins here, go nine and seven, and win the division. Detroit forty, Green Bay ten. Um, 
there's two things in this game to me, and Matt Morrow in our notes covered it perfectly. Detroit had four turnovers in this ballgame. They have a problem, okay? They're, they're probably going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win that division. They turn the ball over four times in the playoffs, forget it. You cannot be doing that. They have major, major issues turning the football over. They just got lucky because when they turned it over, Matt Flynn had the football in his hands, and Matt <laughs> Flynn doesn't know how to win games. He doesn't know how to move the football. They didn't score, Green Bay. They didn't score an offensive touchdown yesterday. So, I mean, you got lucky if you're Detroit because every time you turn the football over, it, didn't, it resulted in nothing. In the playoffs, you turn the ball over. You turn the ball over two times in a game. You're on. You could be, you know, asking for a loss. They turned it over four times yesterday. Yeah, and even even with Aaron Rodgers, they just it it looked like they were just so bad on almost every cylinder yesterday. The Cowboys. I mean, they they are. They started off the season what five and two, I think. Yeah, they and were, now they're they were. they're five, six, and one. They just they just don't look good. I mean, Clay Matthews had a couple of big plays, but their defense isn't isn't a scary defense anymore their offensive guys just not getting it done I mean you can't blame Matt Flynn that much because he hasn't had much NFL experience and he's been bouncing from city to city it seems like yeah, this year gotten cut by three teams you think wait so you think that it's not necessarily about Rodgers being gone I I, think, I would say that's the primary reason that th- the Packers are not I good right now with but, Aaron Rodgers this is a playoff team I think this team wins the division with Aaron Rodgers I do they were five and two with Aaron Rodgers I mean they were doing great they were five and two but the, the defense is just not out. playing well the defense is not playing well you think they would have put up 28 points yesterday if Aaron Rodgers been there but see the thing is you can't judge the defense on that effort in my opinion because they were on the field for too long offense had could not get a drive going I mean I think they were in the red zone like only once or twice once it was near the end of the game when it didn't matter um yeah I, I think you, you you know the defense could not get off the field yesterday I mean that, that was the problem because the offense gave them no time to rest I mean sure I mean yeah you, you do put some of the blame on the defense but this team has Aaron Rodgers I think they win that game yesterday it's interesting. It's unbelievable. You, you you rarely see a case in the NFL where how much one guy does matter to a football team. Right. Know? That that's that's right. It's not like the NBA where you're you're missing a LeBron James, let's say, in the starting lineup and the whole chemistry of the team can be thrown off. This is one guy on a on an on an eleven man rotation here. Yeah. I, I think that this team does have offensive weapons, but yeah, I gotta have a better quarterback than Matt Flynn throwing you the football. I mean, I, I, the Packers did not do a very good job, I think, getting a good backup for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the backup at the time was Seneca Wallace. He gets hurt, and they bring in Tolzine, who was just terrible. And then they bring in Flynn, who was also terrible. I they mean, were underprepared, and that's yeah, why, that's in, why uh, in this not league, this year, but a couple years ago, I, I always felt comfortable with David Carr as the Giants' backup. He's he's a, he's a okay backup. I mean, Scott Tolzine, Seneca Wallace, no. Matt Flynn— they're not going to cut no, it. They're I, not going to get it done at this level. It just shows in this league, even if you have you know a great quarterback, he can get hurt in a moment's notice. You got to be have a guy that that can put you in a position to win. They have they don't have anybody to put them in a position to win right now. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the local teams. They both play on Sunday. We'll start off with the Giants. <laughs> And our weekly Giants report with, I'm sure, a very sad Eric Mala. One loss can destroy a season, but so could six losses. 
Sunday's loss to the Cowboys not only ended the Giants' four-game win streak, but it also ended my four-game win streak of picking them the past four weekends, which is really upsetting. Most importantly, though, their loss on Sunday jeopardized their playoff hopes to the point that the G-Men pretty much need to win their final five games just to hope for a postseason bid. They had the Chargers, Lions, Seahawks, and two games with the rival Redskins left, so the outlook for the rest of 2013 looks pretty dim for Big Blue. It's not as if the Giants had played anywhere close to great in their four wins this year, but Sunday's loss to Dallas was essentially a dagger on a season that was beginning to have the looks of an unthinkable turnaround. A Victor Cruz fumble and two Jason Winton touchdowns put the Giants down 21-6 early, but it looked like the G-Men wouldn't let their season go to die after two unsuspecting players, Brandon Myers and Lewis Murphy Jr., snagged a couple touchdowns. But a defense which had been playing so well could not stop Dallas's offense on the final drive, and the Giants fell to the boys 24-21. Next up for Big Blue is the rival Skins, and it's very much a winnable game given how poorly Washington has played on both sides of the ball this year. But no game is a gimme for the Giants. Eli can't seem to get on the same page with his receivers this season, and the defense was absent at the end of Sunday's game when they needed to step up most. But because Washington is so bad, I'm going to do something I've done too much this season. Pick the Giants to win. My prediction, Giants 24, Redskins 13. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. And we thank Eric for his weekly Giants report. What a frustrating loss that was. You're obviously a big Giants fan. Such a frustrating loss to Dallas last week. I, I, I'm not a Giants fan, but I was frustrated for Giants fans last week. I mean, you it really felt like they were going to come back, especially after they got, they got that late touchdown. Yeah. It really felt like they were going to come back, swoop in, get right back in the division, and then maybe start something really special. But just the secondary was so soft in the fourth it was. quarter. It really was. They were just walking all over the middle of the field, and – I mean, where was the pass rush from Justin Tuck, JPP? None of the guys that are supposed to be the defensive leaders are really doing anything. You know, on the uh, the reception, I believe it was Des Bryant who just totally faked out Entrell Roll. Ugh. I think it was it Des. I think it was Des it Bryant. Was. On that particular play, the Giants, I believe, rushed three. And I, we're being very picky here. They they rushed three on that play, and then Des Bryant was wide open. I mean, if you're rushing three. You know, you got to be covering the guys. You got to be blanking the yeah, guy. Yeah. You're rushing three. Yeah. You got to have the guys out there covering the receivers if you're only sending three. Oh, man. that That's, you know, and because I think it's it's really frustrating because fans were, I think, actually starting to think, you know, maybe, you maybe to we feel can it. actually turn this around. Because if you look at it, I was just talking to a friend yesterday. Um, the Giants, you could probably break this season down into, you know, two halves, obviously, but. You could act like the first half was like the regular season, you know. All right, you lose six straight games. but And then the playoffs started for the Giants, you know. Right. And then they started winning and winning and winning, just like they did in, in the playoffs for two for those two magical years, you know. Maybe not, not go into the playoffs on such a high note, but just, just somehow win. And they were doing that, and they couldn't find a way to do it uh, last week. Andre Brown, though, real a, a real bright spot. The running game, in general, a bright spot with Jacobs and Brown. Andre Brown, you know— they said it in the game. Um, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were talking about it. He 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 told them that every time he runs, he runs mad. 
You know, because he's that's, just mad at that's everybody. That's what you like to hear. He's just mad at everybody for all the chances that that you know that he that you know the chances that he weren't that he wasn't given by teams cut so many times. Obviously, the last few years, and finally given this chance to the Giants and really relishing it. Um, and, you know, just doing a great job. So he's really providing a spark, and now if if he can stay healthy, which he has so far this year, it seems he he could have a big role in this uh, team's running game in the future. I mean, you don't know what's going to go on with David Wilson, if whether he can stay healthy or if he can cure his uh, fumbling issues. And you can't assume that Jacobs is going to be back. He's out again this week with another knee problem. But Andre Brown is a bright spot on a dark a dark theme team right now. Yeah, the Giants are pretty much eliminated from the playoffs if you actually think about it because they're they're 4 and 7. So, if they ran the table they'd be 9 and 7. Okay. But the Cowboys face the Eagles on the final day of the regular season and the Cowboys already have 7 wins. So, let's just say the Eagles, let's just say the Cowboys if if the Cowboys or the Eagles have eight wins going into that game, then the Giants are done because one of them right. is going to be, or if they both have eight wins, one of them is going to be nine and seven going out of that game. Um, and to make matters worse, even if the Giants do tie Dallas record wise, they're zero and two against them, so they don't have a tiebreaker, and they're and then if, they're if you, split with the Eagles. So I mean, it's not not looking good. Right, and then you look at the two playoff teams. You have Carolina at 8-3, and three, so you got to rule out <laughs> the 5-seed. You're, you're, you're not making the wild And then the 6-and-7 no. seed, San Francisco Come and on. Arizona, both 7-4. It's not going to happen. It's not going to It's happen. over. What, what a shame. What a shame. Because, you know, you really start you really start to think like, and, and if there was really one guy that you thought could do it, it would be Tom Coughlin, you know? That's Such right. a great coach in this league. And faced really with his first, like, big-time, you know, just flat-out bad start to his season. Um, and and he responded very well, getting them back to relevancy. But she came up a little bit short last Sunday. So they play the Redskins this Sunday night. And why is it Sunday night? I mean, we we talked about it before the show. Why did they flex this out? Um, there must have been some kind Something of something must know, be going on yes, because yeah. I mean, even as a Giants fan, I'm sure the Redskins fans they're not getting pumped up for this game. I could give you so many games I'd put ahead of this game: Arizona, Philly. Two two teams fighting for the playoffs. I, I might even put St. Louis and San Francisco. I might. I, I would I, like to see Tennessee and Indianapolis. Yeah, that that's that's, that's another game. Um, Denver. I wouldn't put Denver Kansas City because we had them two weeks ago on Sunday night. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know no reason to have the Giants Redskins on Sunday night. It it, it should be the lowest rated Sunday night game of the season. Um, which is saying a lot because the Sunday night game has done been good. unbelievable uh, this season. All right, let's move on to that other team. Somehow the Jets are still alive for a playoff spot. Let's check in. And our weekly Jets report with Chris Venezia. Last Sunday didn't go too well for the New York Jets. Gang Green's offense moved like a snail, and the stingy defense eventually gave way in the third quarter, allowing a 66-yard touchdown pass. The final score in Baltimore, Ravens 19, Jets 3. Quarterback Geno Smith says put a big chunk of this loss on his shoulders. Starts with me. Starts with you know better execution by me, the quarterback. And uh, you know, all, all things that we didn't do well today, including things that we did do well, needs to improve. And um, you know, I'll take it upon myself 
to be the first one to say that I didn't play that well. The rookie QB played horrible. He completed 9 of 22 passes, threw for just 128 yards, and there was two interceptions. But head coach Rex Ryan isn't pointing fingers at just one player. He says the whole team needs to improve. Apparently we're not there yet, so we, we you know, clearly we have a, a ton of work to do. We'll watch the tape, we'll look at it, and uh, and we'll go from there. The Jets are 5-6 and six on the campaign. The good news, they're still right in the thick of things for the second AFC wildcard spot. Coach Rex has the team focused on this Sunday. I mean, there's you have five weeks left in the season. It's all about Miami, and, and that's where we're at. The Dolphins are coming to town with an identical 5-6 and six record. They'll be looking to bounce back after a heartbreaking 2016 loss last weekend against the Carolina Panthers. My prediction, sorry Jets Nation, but the Miami defense is one of the best in the league at picking off the QB. They should get at least two INTs off Geno Smith this Sunday. Miami 24, Jets 17. With the Report, I'm Chris Venezia. And we thank Chris Venezia for his weekly Jets report. Um, you know, we talk about the Jets on this program and... You know, it's just always a different type of conversation. You know, going into Baltimore, coming off that terrible loss to Buffalo. Um, you know, we were thinking, okay, seesaw, you know. And then they don't even score a touchdown in that game. So now where where, where are the Jets now? I mean, it's kind of confusing. I, I, I don't really know. If, I, don't, I don't think they're a playoff team now. I, I think <laughs> At that, this uh... moment, I don't. <laughs> I would say that circus clown background music uh, pretty much characterizes and yeah. sums up the Jets' season and pretty much the tenure under Rex Ryan. You really just you don't know what you're going to get out of this team from week to week, and, I mean, that shows win-loss, win-loss, win-loss the first 11 weeks of the season. Yeah. Geno Smith, it, it's, good, it's good to hear a rookie, especially rookie quarterback, big-time pick, say, you know what, it was my fault, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. Every game, it seems like he's saying that. Yeah, every that. game. Every game, it seems like Geno Smith's taking the blame when they lose. Um, but you can't say one thing definitively about this team. If, if I told you at the beginning of the year that they would be 5-6, and six, you know, after 11 games, I mean, you, you'd take it. You'd Playing take a meaningful it. game you would in take it. <laughs> November you would, or you December? Would, you would take would it with whatever, whatever it came with. I mean, if I told you that Matt Sims came in and led this team to 5, you would take it. You would take it no matter what. Um, you know, Geno Smith is a turnover machine. He's a rookie quarterback. I mean, that rookie quarterbacks turn the football over. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, so now they play Miami, who almost beat Carolina last week. I mean, it was it was really close. Um, it was a really close game. Uh, they have a really good defense, as Chris said. You know, I don't know. Oh, by the way, we didn't pick the Giants game. Real quick. I have the Giants 31, Washington 17. I don't have a score, but I'm going. I, Giants are definitely going to win that game. Well, Washington is just terrible. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about RG3 in a couple of minutes when we get to general NFL. But um, So the Jets now and the Ravens winning last night did not help them at all because now even if they win, uh, they, the Ravens have a tiebreaker over them. Um, you know, you thought the running game was starting to get going. The running game... Not not very good against Baltimore, um, you know. I mean, not much really to say. You just you hope that they can bounce back here. 
They just are gotta at pray home. that the defense plays great, steps up, and right. that Gino keeps his mistakes to a minimum. I mean, 19 points is not terrible for the defense. It's not. But the, the offense has got to give you something. I mean, they gave up just one touchdown to Baltimore. It was it was 12-3 for for you know into the I believe into the fourth quarter of that game. Yes. And you know, I mean. They just gotta they gotta give you more offensively in that in that type of a football game, and now they return home where they they are I believe they're undefeated this year. I beaten yeah, Buffalo. I, I think so. They beaten New England. They beaten New Orleans at home. First game of the season, it's home and they won. I think yeah, yeah. against Tampa Bay yep. it was the first game. So they you know, I mean it's gonna feel great for them to get back home after a two game losing streak on the road. Uh, who do you got? I have the Dolphins. There's something to be said for the margin of victory or defeat in all the games that they've played this year. In all but three games, the point differential has been four points or less for this team, and that shows heart. That shows heart for a team. They can inch out those close games, or they can play themselves into close games. And they they lost to the big guys out there. They lost to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. lost big, yeah. uh, 38-17. They lost to Baltimore just by three. They lost to New England by 10, and they lost to Carolina by 10 by uh, four points, but they have played well. They beat Cincinnati in that overtime game. They won on a safety. This isn't a bad team, and I think they're starting to spin all that negative Richie Incognito stuff. I think they're trying to say, let's leave that to itself. Let's let that work itself out, and let's just go out there and play football. They have lost some really close games this year. Um they lost to New England. Remember that was a close one. Well, no, they lost by ten. But the Ravens they did game, play them tough. Though. They played them tough. They lost to the Ravens by three. They lost to the Bills by two. They lost to the Buccaneers by three. They did beat the Bengals, like you said, by two. They did beat the Chargers by four. I mean, they played some close games this year, and they're and they're another team that is right there in that AFC playoff push. We're definitely going to talk about about that um, when we get to general NFL. So you're going Dolphins. You know, cold. It's it's really cold in in New York right now. Uh, maybe that that will not help the Dolphins because they have been home the last two games, and now they have to go to they have come to New York and then Pittsburgh right after it. So, cold weather games for Miami. I'll, I'll go with the Jets. I, I mean, I don't know how, why I'm doing it, but I'm just gonna go with the Jets. You know, to to get to back to 500. Let's get to our general NFL segment now and. This AFC is is very very interesting. Um, all the all these teams, all these teams that are still alive, um, going to the playoff picture right now. And well, right now it would be the Ravens in that sixth spot. Right. And the Chiefs are getting the f- five spot. I mean, the I, Chiefs were Denver. One of them is getting. Well, the, I, the, yeah, the right. Because now that Denver lost that unbelievable game. To New England, they are right there. Them and uh, them and uh, Kansas City, they're right. They're right there with each other. AFC, you have the Baltimore Ravens at six and six. You have Tennessee at five and six. San Diego at five and six. The Jets, Miami at five and six. Pittsburgh at five, five and, and seven. seven. Cleveland's done. I, I think Cleveland's I done. I think after that, after that, that it's, it's done. Over. After that, it's done. Um, so who do you have? I mean, it might be a little bit easier now to to pick a winner uh, because of Baltimore winning that game. 
I think you throw out Tennessee. Tennessee's awful. Tennessee's uh, no good. They, 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 don't, they, they, they have stink. no business making the playoffs. Chris Johnson either has 40 yards or he busts off a couple of 80-yard yeah. runs. Yeah. And they that's have, no, pretty uh, much they the, have absolutely no game. business in the playoffs. I, I may even throw out San Diego. Uh, they do have home games, and that that really helps them. And they do play the Giants. But they've been up and down. Yeah, they do play the Giants, and they, they've been up and down. But I mean, every team's been up and down. They have the Bengals, the Giants at home, the Broncos on the road, then the Raiders at home, and the Chiefs at home. Not an easy schedule. It, they are home, but the teams that they play, you know, not easy. I think the Raiders are the only team that I would say they win that. I, I would de- that I would that I would definitively say win. They could lose to the Bengals this week. They could lose to the Giants. They could lose to the Broncos. They probably will. And they could lose to the Chiefs. Although well, they found found a way to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City last week. So, I don't know. I'd probably go Baltimore right four now. Games, with four games left in the season and a half game up already, you got to go with the team that has the playoff experience that just came off a Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl win over these other low-level, yeah. inexperienced these teams, teams, Tennessee, San Diego, Jets, Miami. They're, they're just not playoff teams. You no. just don't think Tennessee Titans and you, you think playoffs. No, you just don't. So, I mean, that I know that might sound like crazy logic, but, I mean, they just haven't played well enough to get into the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's about the team that turns it on at the right time. In the NFC, it's interesting. You have Carolina and San Francisco, 5-6 and six respectively, and then Arizona – as of right now, is actually they would not make it. Um, they would not make at the playoffs seven and four, at yeah. seven and four. But San Francisco is also seven right. and four. But they still would not make it. Um, yeah, based on the uh, the head to head there in the in the uh, NFC West. You got to assume that Carolina at eight and three is probably going to clinch that five seed. You think that they're definite? I I, I would say so as well. They're playing some great football. They have an unbelievable defense. Well, they got Tampa Bay this week. Win. Then they're at New Orleans. That's going to be a tough game. That'll really show. That, that'll really show what the Carolina. That's going to be a tough one. Then they have the Jets at home. The, and then the Saints again at home. They play the Saints twice. They have not played them yet in that division. And then they're at Atlanta. So not an easy schedule. Not, an, not easy. You have the Saints twice. That is not easy. They better. They better win convincingly this week against Tampa Bay. They should go ten and six though. They, they should go. They, they should, should get two ten, more ten wins. They or, should uh, get at least two more wins. Or eleven and five. I would Tampa say. Bay and Atlanta is going to be going to be wins, I believe. Or even yeah, even the Jets, and then you go eleven and five. Then Arizona. I mean, somehow they they ha- they are there. Unbelievable. They have a hard schedule. They have a very very difficult schedule at Philadelphia, across the country Not this easy. weekend, home against St. Louis. That 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 they better win that game. That's the win. They, that's the game they better win. Then they're at Tennessee. Another game that they better win at Seattle and then home against San Francisco to round out the season. You know, you love Bruce Arians. You love everything he's been able to do, but I think it's going to be tough for them to get in. I really do. I, th- I, I think really it's, do. I think it's going to come down to that last game against San Francisco. I, you, I, you think it's going to come down to that? So I you do. Think, you think I that- like Arizona. This is a good team. Carson Palmer has revitalized his career. On the defensive side, Patrick Peterson is playing shut-down yeah. cornerback I mean, ball. I, I like Arizona, but— in the end, for the same reason that I like Baltimore to come out with the sixth seed in the AFC, because of that experience, because of the yeah, they do have because experience of those the players. leadership of the coach. I like San Francisco to come away with that. Now they seed. don't have playoff experience necessarily, but they do have experience, you know, in terms of getting, you know, playing in big games. Carson Palmer played in a lot of big games in Cincinnati. Oh no, I'm saying I'm saying San Francisco. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that makes perfect sense. But you, but you do think it'll come down to that last I game. I do. 
I do. With this I schedule like Arizona. for Arizona, I mean, they're going to have some tests. They're going to have some tests, no doubt about it. It's crazy to think, too, just a couple of years ago, everyone was going crazy about the uh, playoff structure with the NFC West because the team that right, came out was 8-8. Right. Eight eight. Well, now it's the complete now, opposite. Now having the Rams is the worst team in the division, that's not a that's not bad. The Rams Five would be in six. the playoff hunt if they were in the AFC right Unbelievable. now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, all right, so you're going to go with San Fran. Yeah, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I mean, they have a pretty easy schedule. The Rams at home, the Seahawks at home, obviously, you know, never easy. At Tampa, home against Atlanta, then at the Cardinals. I think they have a favorable schedule over the Cardinals. And, I'll yeah, I'll go with the Panthers. I mean, Philly is going to have to win that division, I think. And like we said, it's probably going to come down to the last week of the season um, against the Cowboys. So very, very interesting. Very interesting rest of the way here in the NFL. Um the divisions are pretty much set, I think, for for the most part. Um, All except pretty much, I would say, the AFC West, I would say. Yeah, yeah, AFC, yeah, right. AFC West is, is the one that uh, it could get interesting down the stretch. And the NFC North, actually. I yeah, mean, NFC North is interesting, not, too. The Bears not are, are not going away, not going away quite yet. Um, but they got to get a win this weekend to, to keep pace with Detroit, who won yesterday. They're at Minnesota. It's a game they should win. It's a game they absolutely should win. Uh, but they did get crushed by my Rams last week, so they they maybe got they're hungry. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that I think that we hit on it. I think those two, and and obviously the NFC East, but it's really it's a two team race in that division. Um, another big story to talk about. We'll get to fantasy in a minute here. Um, RG three, you know, okay. There's a couple of things that plays here off of that terrible Monday night game. I mean, God, they're just so bad. Uh, and it's unbelievable because last year they were so good, you know, and really a lot of the same parts are still there. Their defense is awful, awful defense. Um, the big question, I think, is do you fire Mike Shanahan? Because you're not going to get rid of RG3. I- I'm sorry. I just don't think that this team is getting rid no, of RG3. If you give up three first-round picks for a player, you're not getting rid of him no. with, inside of two years. No. That's not going to happen. You, so, think that you think they get rid of Shanahan? He's got one year left on his contract. I think the move, typically, the way that general managers handle a situation like this, when there's one year left on the contract, it's either you give an extension or you're out. Or you're out. You don't just serve that year, and especially with the way they've been performing. I don't think I don't think they want. I don't think the Redskins fans want. It. I don't think Dan Snyder wants it. The owner of Redskins. I don't think they want another year of experimentation and, and okay, let's see what happens. I think they need a new philosophy. They need to figure out what they're going to do with RG three because clearly this guy they can't have him running the no, ball no, as much as they did last year. You see the no. effects it's having on him this year. It's not going to work. He's just not. He's not Cam Newton, you know. He's not. He's not big enough and and strong enough. He's not and physical enough to to you know to do that to have that style of play. And then the other question is, what do you do with Kirk Cousins? Because this is a guy that that can play. I mean, he showed you last year. He beat the Ravens last year at home, and then he beat and he went on the road and beat the Browns. I you know? I've been saying for a while. I think they should get Kirk Cousins in there. Michigan State, but he what, really led that team. What do they do with RG three? That's the question. I mean. They can't. Get I think made. right now. I think right now he should. He should. They should shut him down for this season. Oh, I really so? think they should just shut him down for this season. Let him get healthy for next year. And you know idea. what? Clearly, he, he was not ready this no, year. No, he wasn't ready. And, and the season started. Ahmad, Bro- Ahmad Brooks said it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think what they should be doing right now. They should leave RG three on the bench. Let him get healthy. Let Kirk Cousins show other teams right. what he can do. Right. And then you pull a Matt Schaub. 
and trade him for a first round pick if you can get something or a second round pick or something like the like Falcons that, yeah. did with the Houston a while back. I'll tell you the team that's really getting the good end of this deal is the St. Louis Rams. My my Rams because you know they trade that that. Redskins absolutely broke the bank to get RG3. Now the Rams are going to have another first-round pick this year, uh, and it's going to be a high one because the Redskins are 3-8. Redskins eight. are terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's such a debacle because you have Cousins, but they really like RG3. I mean, they're not going to they're, they're get rid of Shanahan before they get rid of anybody. Absolutely. And I think they will get rid of Shanahan after this season. I think they're going to get rid of him and, and the whole staff there and try to bring in somebody who can maybe have a better game plan for RG3. And not only RG3, the rest of this team. Because the rest of the, it, it's not just RG3 that's yeah, the problem. It's, it's not just him. It's the whole – the offense has no identity. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, we'll have to see what happens there. Big matchups this week. You have Denver at KC. You have Seattle at New Orleans, which – let's talk about that game, the Monday night game. I, I You look at the schedule, right, and, and you look at the Seahawks' schedule – and you say this is probably the only home game that they could lose, right? This this is the one. If they're going to lose a home game, this is going to be it. I mean, I agree with that. But but for for how hard the Saints seem to be, they are not a good team on the road. They are not a good team on the road. The Saints. They had they do have a great offense. They have a pretty good defense. They step up when they need to. But but traveling to the West Coast, nighttime in freezing cold, loud Seattle. True. That's not a bad that's point. N- that's not going to be an easy win. And not to look so far ahead, but let's say the Saints reeled off a bunch of wins. I would say right now it's either it's it's them and the Seahawks that are the favorite to advance the Super Bowl out of the NFC. The Saints would have a lot of trouble, I think, coming to New York and playing that outdoor game. <laughs> They'd be a at bad, a big disadvantage. That's, that's not a bad point. Uh, the two losses this year for New Orleans are on the road. They lost to New England, two NFC East teams, or AFC East teams, the the um, the Patriots and the Jets, and they're both one possession games. If they could lose to the Patri- if they could lose to the Jets on the road. They've had some tough road games. Then why not? Will they get? Why yeah. would they win you, in Seattle? You said it. They don't play particularly well on the road. They they only won by two against Tampa, at Tampa. Um, they only won by eight at Chicago. Lost to the Jets and barely beat uh, Atlanta this past Thursday, so going to be very interesting. Going to be very interesting. They are at the Seahawks, like we said, at the Rams too, the rest of the way, and at the Panthers. Those are their three remaining road games. So, should be very interesting uh, game on Monday night up in the Pacific Northwest. And it, Let's uh, and it shows you that it's not just it's not just the cold weather. It shows that they're just a bad road team, almost losing to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the one that stands out there is the Tampa. I mean, they Tampa could have won that game. I think I think uh, their kicker missed a field goal late that would have given them the lead in that Tampa game. Tampa should have won that correctly. One. It was way back in week two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be get interesting with the Saints down the stretch. All right, let's transition now to the fantasy segment with Bobby. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, Bobby, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I uh, I ate a lot. I uh, I slept. Of course. I watched some football, watched of football. course. It's and, playoff time in uh, our league. Yes, it is. I got to buy. Did you Seven, get a buy? Yeah, yeah I got so buy. We're I just, we're just hanging out for a week. Um, but, yeah, a, a post-turkey edition now of the Believe It or Not. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, my first reaction uh, – to the games last night yeah. or last uh, yesterday mm-hmm. uh, is Nate Burleson. All right, so this is a guy Kenny picked up. This is a guy I have in another league. 
The week before, he had seven catches, 77 yards, and a TD in his first week mm-hmm. back. Then he goes yesterday, gets no catches, <laughs> just one target. That shows you just— it, And it, it's just—this is a point I was trying to illustrate to Kenny last week or the week before. That probably was a coaching decision. They said last week he did great. Now the defenses are going to key on him. So maybe we give some of those targets to Chris Durham, the defense. You know, the Packers might not yeah. expect it. Something like that. But as, you know, from a fantasy fantasy perspective, that makes no sense. No. You would not you would not think a guy would go from having seven catches, 77 yards, and a TD in his first week back and then have nothing. It just shows that if you're a receiver on the lines other than Calvin Johnson, I mean, you're not safe. No. I mean, it, it, you just don't know who to start. I have Chris Durham, um, obviously – you know, what he does this week means nothing to me because I have a bye week in the playoffs. But, um, you know, we made that trade. Right. And Terrence Williams is just god-awful. Terrence Williams, Terrence Williams is just, you know, his so role I'm, is depleted a lot. I'm probably not going to start him next week, so I might have to start Chris Durham. Who, I mean, you know, who knows what he could do. I mean, he, right. he could do what he did yesterday right. or he could do what he did what, two weeks ago. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just a mix-and-match game there, you know, uh, other than Calvin Johnson. My next guy on the list is uh, Jacoby Jones, four catches, 103 yards, and a TD against the Jets in Week 12. But, you know, just four catches, 53 yards yet last night. Yeah. I think the latter is, you know, more realistic. I, I don't think that's Jacoby not terrible. Jones is going— That's it's, what, seven that's points not, in a know, PPR league? Uh, nine points. No, nine that's, points, That's yeah. not yeah. good. I mean— Look, I, I don't think Jacoby Jones is going to be anything other than that. You know, he's going to yeah. get you a couple catches, yeah. 50 yards, that's it. He might know. get tackled by Mike Tomlin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was that was hysterical. That I don't was. know what was better, that or Jason Kidd. Oh, yeah, right. You know, I was going to say, actually, that <laughs> that it really proves that you're never safe. The cameras are always going to catch you doing whatever it is. In that fairness, I don't think Mike Tomlin was doing that on purpose. He was look, He was watching the run back on the board. He wasn't. He was facing the other direction. <laughs> he didn't realize that the guy was right. You do you have know, to there. keep in mind, though, the big screen is the oppo- it's right, going it's in the, the opposite exactly. direction. So <laughs> That could be confusing. <laughs> uh, next guy on the list is Michael Floyd, seven catches, 104 yards, and a TD. He had almost 200 yards in a score the week before. Look, Palmer's been getting time to throw. They have a weak schedule for the next three weeks. I don't see why not. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is kind of drawing most of the coverage. Yeah, and, and he's still and having a great run. season. Yeah, and he's still having a decent season. So, yeah, why not? I think if Carson Palmer keeps chucking the ball for over 300 yards, somebody's got to catch it other than yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. And so far that looks like Michael Floyd. Absolutely. Uh wow, we had a Mike Wallace sighting last week. <laughs> Unbelievable, uh, and I five? guarantee you he was not started by anybody. Oh no, and rightfully why so. He? Right, no, exactly. Absolutely. Why should he been? Matt Morrow started him, <laughs> <laughs> but he had five catches, 127 yards, and a TD against Carolina of all teams. Not even against a weak defense against Please Carolina. Please tell me you, you you don't believe and in then, this guy. Well, no, I, I Come mean, on. at this point, this is the only thing. This is what I have to say on him. It's not really a yes or a no. It's at this point, if you probably own him. Chances are you didn't make the playoffs, if <laughs> or you're not going to make the playoffs. Did Morrow make the playoffs in our league? Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't. So if you were, if somehow you did make the playoffs with him, I think he's an okay flex play going forward because he's always got that chance to have a big game with a TD. Mm-hmm. And if you somehow squeaked in the playoffs with him, at this point, I'm guessing you don't have too many better options. So. Yeah. You know, from that standpoint, I think, you know, you could start him. And last but not least, Brandon Bolden, 58 yards in a TD last week. And you know what? Rid- Ridley fumbled away his job. Mm. So, 
you know, Bolden has three TDs in his last four games. He didn't get a carry against Carolina. Um, I think it's him and Vereen going forward. I think those are the only two guys Belichick trusts. Uh, you think Bolden and Vereen going forward? Yeah, I like Vereen obviously way more right. than I do Bolden, but uh, I think if you're looking for a decent flex play, Bolden is a guy that could get – I think he's going to get the goal line carries yeah. most of the time he over has Vereen. Been. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, going to QBs that I like. Uh, Josh McCown this is the last week you're going to get started, but he's going against Minnesota, and Minnesota is awful. Uh, he had over 350 yards and two TDs last week against St. Louis. So, you know, why not? Uh, Alex Smith against Denver. Alex Smith has five touchdowns in his last two games. <sighs> Nobody uh, is more shocked than I am. I don't know. But about, I don't know how, how he's at home against Denver, and Denver's secondary is depleted with the injury to Rodgers Camardi. So. You know, we saw what Tom Brady did to them after he got knocked out. I'm not saying Alex Smith is Tom Brady, but I think he could have at least two touchdowns against them. He's going to have to if they're going to have any chance of winning that game. Um, and Carson Palmer, uh, you know, I talked about him before. I mean, he's had 733 combined passing yards over the past two games. That's more than 25% of his season total. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, the Cardinals he, have really come on. He's hot, and they're facing an Eagles – Defense that's allowed the most passing yards in the NFL. So yeah, I mean, how could you not start him? Exactly. Uh, guys, I don't like this week at quarterback Andrew Luck against Tennessee. He's just not been the same without Reggie Wayne. I mean, only no. two TDs and four picks in his last three games. I mean, Colts have really just been ugly, falling off. Yeah, uh, Matt Ryan against Buffalo. Another scenario. You know, one touchdown or fewer in in four of his last five, and just really the Falcons have nothing to play for. So. How do you start a guy that's just been struggling and the team has no impetus to, you know, do mm, better? Yep. Uh, and Mike Lennon at Carolina. Look, the 200 plus yards and two TD train stops at Carolina. I think this <laughs> week. I, I, I'm shocked that he's been getting like 17 points, you know, for a couple weeks now. But <laughs> I, I don't think that happens against Carolina. I'd be pretty surprised if it did. Uh, at running back, Chris Ivory, if he plays, if he doesn't play, Bilal Powell against Miami. I think the Jets are going to go ultra conservative this week with Geno. Uh, so I think running backs are going to get 25, 30 touches. I have Brandon Bolden and Chris Ivory in a league. and uh, Chris Ivory, if he plays, Brandon Bolden, if Chris Ivory doesn't play. There's a chance Chris Ivory doesn't play? Yeah, he's banged up. All right. So... Because that's why he had a poor week last week. He yeah, had an hurt ankle, his ankle, ankle on, first on, carry. on the first carry. So, All right, we'll see. You know, and the Jets like Bilal Powell, so I don't think they're going to force Ivory out there. Mm. Uh, Shane Vereen against Houston. Look, I think the Patriots trust him the most. He's out there in a ton of different packages. Yeah. You know, even if, he, even if you're not playing in a PPR league, he's valuable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Andre Brown against Washington. He had 127 yards against Dallas. And, and Washington's defense. Is just as bad. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you have to start Andre Brown. Uh, running backs I don't like. <laughs> Kenny's boy, Bobby Rainey. <laughs> uh, rough outing last week yeah. against a real front seven of Detroit. Um, I don't think it gets any easier against Carolina. No, so no way. I think he's going to have an ugly game. I mean, there's a chance he still vultures a touchdown. I mean, he's sure. going to get the carries. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, no, no doubt, no doubt. But it's not going to be a good game for him. Uh, Steven Jackson, despite last week, you know, somehow getting in the end zone, uh, the Bills have only given up four rushing touchdowns all year, so I, I don't think he has a nice game at all. And Andre Ellington against Philly, even though Philly's defense is terrible, Mendenhall's got the goal line carry last week, and he's 
back healthy. Bruce Arians said he's healthy as he's been since training camp. Hmm. I think he's just going to leech too much away from Andre Ellington to make him a good start this week. Uh, at wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey against Minnesota. You know, I traded him to you, Mac. <laughs> I think this is the week that that really pays off, although no, it doesn't off matter because you're on a bye, right? Yep. Hey, I Reggie Bush had an awesome game oh, last, <laughs> yesterday, and I didn't get any of that because, <laughs> you know, we have a bye. Right. Um, I think I face Kenny next week, oh, which man. should be uh, – yeah. Oh, boy, that's going to be interesting. Um <laughs> I hope I win that game. I really do. <laughs> I hope he did too. I don't want to come in and hear Kenny oh, at he could, all. Yeah. Uh, Michael Floyd against Philly. You know, I mentioned. Uh, I think he's just going to be the guy number two going forward. So, Philly's defense is awful. I mean, awful against mm. the pass. And Dwayne Bowe. I think he makes it three in a row with uh, with a touchdown against Denver. I mean, their secondary is just not the same without Rogers, Cromartie, and a couple other guys. Yeah, Raheem Moore. Raheem Moore. So. Yeah, why not? Why not? Doimbo has been terrible all season, but he's starting to pick it up of late, and sometimes that happens. And right. Alex Smith is, I think, starting to learn he can throw the ball past seven yards. Uh, wide receivers I don't like, Marquise Colson against Seattle. I mean, he's just been pff, all over the place. I yeah, mean, I have him in one of my leagues, and it's just it's well, sad every they have week. A, they have a really – Pierre Thomas, I mean, has really – Right, their running backs out. are better than their receivers. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. I mean, that shouldn't when be – Sproles is healthy too. It's just crazy though. Um, and Julian Edelman against Houston, I think last week was a fluke. I mean, I think – I like Danny Amendola better than I like Julian Edelman, but I think both of them are going to just take touches away from Amendola each other. Amendola has really killed me and, in one league. And I think – you're not really going to be able to rely on either of them, mm. but I'd rather rely on Amendola than I would Julian. I have I have Tavon Austin and, and Jared Cook. They both had touchdowns last week. We know what Tavon Austin's done the last two weeks. I I didn't start him in any of those weeks because you, you, just, you just don't know. I no. mean, he didn't do anything the first 10 weeks, and then all of a sudden— The so, Rams figured out yeah, how to use him. Do yeah. I start him against San Francisco, or do I start Amendola against Houston? I mean, the matchup's favorable to Amendola, but Amendola has not, hasn't done anything. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I— with the way things have been, and I'm I'm in a win and end situation with, too. With the way things have been going, I'd probably start Tavon Austin. <sighs> I mean, the Rams are just he's he's a focal point now. Yeah, and Danny I'd Amendola, rather have a guy that's a focal point yeah. than Amendola is not the number one guy. Said, though with him being a focal point, now teams are starting to notice him. They're starting to they're, they're going to start game plan. Is it a league him. that do you get anything if he returns a punt or yeah or anything? Okay, oh yeah, touchdowns, so, yeah. Then, any kind then of touchdown, I would say Tavon yeah, Austin. Yeah, because, because special teams. In my league, the defense special right, teams. Right, right, doesn't you, count. That's For the specific to. player, yeah, yeah. So that's why I asked that. So, yeah, if that counts, definitely I think Tavon Austin. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, it would go yeah. to the Rams special teams, and it would go to Tavon Austin, yeah. That's yeah. how it works? Yeah, return touchdowns. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. But, I mean, I'm in a win-and-in situation, and I already got a nice zero from Jarek Boykin yesterday. Okay, and I a got nice... a nice zero from—I'm in the same scenario. I got a nice <laughs> zero from Nate Burleson. Yeah, so. and I got a nice 8.4 from Antonio Brown, who's projected to get 16. So I'm not the looking only, too good right now. The only way he gets seven points is if he gets on my bench. Just for, anybody, just for anybody listening out there that uses those projections, they're terrible. They are terrible. Okay, they're done by a computer. Yeah. Don't they are rely terrible. on the projections. But I still got the zero from Boykin. Like if, <laughs> if, if you're me. relying on the projections most of the time between a decision, that's not good. I mean, no. use news articles, use other analysts. No, definitely, definitely. Flip a coin rather than <laughs> trust the projections. Uh, at tight end, I like Jordan Cameron against Jacksonville. And, you know, Brandon Whedon likes Jordan Cameron 
more than Jason Campbell did. So I think maybe his production, because he's been poor of late. But I, yeah, I, I Brandon Wayne also likes up. to throw interceptions more than Jason Campbell did. So. But when he's not throwing interceptions, it's going to Jordan Cameron. That's so, true. That's true. <laughs> and Josh Gordon is, uh, I'm just going to say it, QB matchup proof. I mean, he's just been whatever Whoever the QB is. Whoever the QB yep. is and whoever they're facing, you're still starting Josh yeah. Gordon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and the other tight end I like this week is Kobe Fleener against Tennessee. He's Andrew Luck's go-to guy without Reggie Wayne, so he's been— You thought it was going to be T.Y. Hilton. Right, but, but no, I think Kobe Fleener is, yeah. is the guy that gets what more What about uh, Rob Halster on uh, Arizona? It's a decent play. I mean, they're going against Philly, so obviously Philly's defense is terrible. I, yeah, I, I like Halster. And you've got to assume that they're going to be keen in on Fitzgerald and probably Floyd, and too. Floyd, yeah. I just think Philly's defensive backs are even worse, if it's possible, than their linebackers, so— Hausler is going to get touches, but I think the guys that are going to be more open for the bigger plays are the wide receivers, and I think Carson Palmer is also a big play guy. He's not a – over his career, I don't think he's a quarterback that's absolutely fell in love with his tight end the way other quarterbacks sometimes absolutely do. Absolutely not. So he's always a guy that's looking to chuck the ball downfield, and I, I think they're going to do that more so than throw underneath the Hausler. Um, tight ends I don't like. Timothy Wright against Carolina. I mean – He's been decent. Mike Glennon looks to him, but, I mean, Carolina's defense, if Luke Keekley's covering Timothy Wright, Luke Keekley wins that matchup. Uh, and, Mac, I'm sorry, but Jared Cook's, you know, surprise touchdown last week. It, uh, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> don't, I mean, let, don't let it fool you. Yeah. Uh, I am going to start Benny Cunningham, though, I think, because I don't know if Zach Stacy's going to play. I, I mean, yeah. It's tough. That, <laughs> He's that's... not going to get you Zach Stacy numbers. No, but, but he had 100 yards and a touchdown. Without Zach Stacy in there, we don't know if Zach Stacy's going to play. So yeah. we'll have to see. We got to think they'll try to have him play. Yeah, if he they can definitely go. will. Yeah. Well, that does it for yeah. for all my pickums. All right, Bobby, thank you. We actually have uh, Julian Atienza on the line, <laughs> uh, our one of our head honchos here. He has a couple of questions for you. So go okay. ahead, go ahead, Julian. Fire all away. All right, happy Thanksgiving. Happy, guys. Thanksgiving. happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Julian. Not a good Thanksgiving for me. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Bobby, I have a bone to pick. You put me in the situation. For the listeners out there, I was in fourth place with my buy. Everybody blames Bobby. Yeah, no, no he's upset because, because I beat him. Oh, because, okay. Because my, I had three guys on a buy, and I had to put in these scrubs, and then now I'm in a dogfight for my life with uh, who am I in a dog with uh, Matt Rosenfeld. Well, that, so, that, that's fantasy. I mean, it is fantasy. I mean? So Jordy Nelson got me three points yesterday. Okay. Which is which is ridiculous. Well, yeah, that's what so, happens when you have a third string or fourth string. I know, I know, I know. I didn't have anybody better. Yeah. But no. my problem is, I have Cecil Shorts, who's been very good this year. Except he's going against a guy that you always say never to start somebody against, <laughs> and that's Joe Hayden. He's going up against yeah. Joe Hayden. <laughs> so I have Shorts, and I uh, the guys on my bench. We could put, I could put in there. I have Edelman. I know you don't like him. And I have Doug Baldwin, who scored double digits for the last three weeks. What should uh, I do? You gotta Bobby? go Edelman in there. Uh, I think. Houston's secondary is not good. Houston's secondary is not good, but Doug it's Baldwin, such a gamble. George. I don't know how many plays Julian Edelman is going to get. I think you got to go with that. Brady Edelman. throws it around. You never Brady, know who's going to get. Brady does throw it around, around, and you never, you know, never who know who he's going to get. But, but Edelman had like time, two touchdowns last week. At the week? same time, Cecil Shorts is that guy. On you know, even though Joe Hayden's covering him, I still think. Shorts has a chance to get six catches for 70 yards. I think he's just going to get more targets, and that alone is why you got to go with him over. Uh, yeah. Romans. All right. It's, All a, right. it's a tough one, Joe. It's really close. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's really t- if If it wasn't Joe Hayden, I would definitely say Cecil Shorts. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he's I, but lo- I he think, locked down A.J. Green last week, yeah, which, was, which I, was tough. I, I think – well, he's locked down A.J. Green. You know, he, he Joe Hayden, and I, I, I've realized this more, especially after Antonio Brown lit him up, he's definitely more of a cornerback that's locked down when it comes to guys that are down the field mm-hmm. as opposed to underneath routes like Antonio yeah. Brown. Yeah. Um, that being said, Cecil Shorts kind of does both. Uh, in that offense, they don't have Blackman anymore. They don't really have any other passing threat. They don't. I, I mean, I think Cecil Shorts is going to get the targets, and I think that's going to be a close game. So I'm leaning towards Cecil Shorts, but it's close. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. Now, last question. How much can I expect from Marshawn Lynch on Monday night? I need him to have a big game to pick up the slack from uh, Jordy Nelson and Tony Romo, only 13 points. You can definitely run on the Saints. I would not be shocked at all if he had something in the vicinity of 20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he could do 80 yards, two TDs, or he could also do 120 yards and a TD and a couple of receiving yards. So. Yeah, he's been the, get, he's been catching the ball a lot in the vicinity of twenty points. I would say is where I, at fifteen to twenty is fifteen is probably a guarantee, almost a guarantee. Okay, twenty points is he has a really good. good okay, day. All, right. all right. Well, yeah. Julian, thanks a lot. We'll we'll keep you here for the picks, and uh, well, that, that's where we're gonna go right now. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All right, here we go. Jets, Dolphins. Uh, I took the Jets. Sean took Miami. Bobby. Jets. I mean, why not uh, at this point? Yeah. Uh, I, I that, think that's my logic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, their defense is decent. I mean, mm. yeah, Mike Wallace might beat them once, but yeah. I think Gino, if he doesn't turn the ball over, which is a big if. That's a big if. You know, the Jets are a better team than Miami. Like you said, if they go conservative, that right. will that will help them, right. I think. I mean, that, I just I don't know if I see Ryan Tannehill beating the Jets. No, I don't know if I do either. If it's, you know, just on him. Yeah. Matt has the Jets. Julian. Not a question. You, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> <It's a Jets>. <laughs> <laughs> That's You're right there. I did, really didn't have to ask you. Giants at Washington. Me and Sean both had the Giants, Bob. Uh, I flipped the coin in the back. Oh, come uh, you on. Know, it's close. I mean, look, the Giants are not a guarantee to win any game, especially no. this season in the way Eli Manning That's has true. been playing. That's so, true. but I, I'm going with the Giants. I mean, why not? It's another New York team. I'll show my New York faith. Julian, I, I think I do have to ask you for this one. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a close game. I think you get the close the, uh, the edge there. All right, and uh, Matt also going with the Giants. Cardinals at Eagles. This this gonna be a great game. Give me Philadelphia at home. Give me Philadelphia at home. Arizona going across the country. This is this is the biggest test for them, I think. I'm going with Philly and Nick Foles, baby. Sean. I like the Cardinals in this one. I think Carson Palmer is going to keep on his hot streak. Bob mentioned he has seven, over 700 yards in his past two games. I like the Cardinals. Uh, even even with all that, I think this is a shootout, and yeah, Nick Foles has been playing really well. Really and, well. And the Philadelphia defense has actually been improving. Not, you know, a ton, but it's been improving. So I'm going to go Philly. Matt is going with Arizona. So Sean and Matt going with Arizona. Julian. Uh, I think I would take Arizona if it was at Arizona. But since it's in Philadelphia, I'll, I'll take the Eagles. Give me a big game for Rob Houser, though. I need it. I need it. It's in Philadelphia. You're right. Broncos at the Chiefs. It's a Sunday late game, Sunday at 425. This should have been the flex game. Again. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you can't have them on Sunday night two weeks out of three. Plus the Broncos the three weeks in a row on Sunday night. This is a tough, tough game. 
This is a tough game because they're both coming off really, really bad losses. Really close losses. I can't go first on this one, Sean. I like the Chiefs. I think they're uh, tired of all these questions about their defense after they played so great through the first 10, 10 games of the season. I think they're going to step up. All right, you know, I'm nah. going. I'm going Broncos. Yeah. I, I I realize the Chiefs are. I think they're they're starting to look like more and more like a fluke. Yeah. Uh, they will make the playoffs. They will get the five seed. They'll wrap that up. But I'm going with the Broncos. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Tom Bahali is banged up. They're you know, their defense is starting to look. I mean, it was made to look like the steel curtain, you know, when they were facing all these terrible teams. Yeah. It's not that good. Uh, I definitely think Peyton Manning figures it out and just outscores the Chiefs. And Matt's going with the Broncos. Julian? Um, I really think that the Broncos, they had it in the bag against the Patriots. They'll be more motivated to come out and win this week. It's on the road in Arrowhead, so that's going to be tough. But uh, give me the Broncos by a nose. Yeah, Matt also going with the Broncos. Saints at Seahawks. I mean, this is... This is one of the, one of the games of the year, quote unquote. And you, know, you got the Patriots, Broncos up there. Uh, the uh, the Broncos, Chiefs from a few weeks ago. This is right there. Give me New Orleans. New Orleans on the road. I'm gonna New pick Orleans I'm, on the road. I'm gonna pick them. Okay, em. well, you heard what I was saying before. Yeah. I think the Seahawks are the 12th man with the Saints' uh, road struggles. I, I give me the Seahawks. I, I agree. I mean, this is like you mentioned. The Saints have been struggling on the road, and Seattle's. Probably the toughest place to play in anywhere in the right. NFL. That's uh, all the logic's against me. They've been struggling on the so, road, but they've been winning. They yeah, win. I mean, I, I think Drew Brees has obviously got the edge over Russell Wilson, but I think the Seahawks defense has got the edge over Saints defense. So it's going to be close. Going to be close. I think it's decided by Stephen Hauschka field goal. Matt's going Saint with Seattle, though. Matt's going with Seattle as well. Julian, we got. Uh, give me the Seahawks at home. Uh, it's not going to be as. A blowout, I guess, if some people are expecting no. a big home field advantage. I think it'll be very close, but uh, Seahawks will uh, pull it out in the end. You know, the the Jets beat the Saints when they were on the road, so I think the Seahawks can definitely do the same. All right, let's uh, talk upsets here. Give me Minnesota at home against Chicago, coming off the tie. They get a little, I guess, momentum <laughs> from tying with the Packers. Uh, they're home, and they're home. <laughs> That's basically my logic, so I'll go with the Vikings to beat the Bears. Sean. I'm going to go with one that you would not expect. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wow. over the Panthers. That would be an upset. The Panthers, as we've been talking about, they do have a great defense. Cam Newton's playing well. He seems like he's matured and coming into himself. But Tampa is hot right now. Tampa is hot. They're playing yeah, but hot well for, for what? Greg they're not going anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If they're, they're hot because they're anywhere. in Tampa Bay. <laughs> the <laughs> That's Giants why and 6 weren't going anywhere, and then they ran off a bunch of wins. Tampa, after losing a bunch of games, they've won three straight convincingly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Jacksonville over Cleveland. Oh, come on. Come on. Cle Matt Morrow's doing right, the same uh, thing. That's Cle ridiculous. Cleveland is a seven-point favorite. Oh, all right. Okay. okay. All right. All right. You all can't right, get much of a bigger line than that. I'll give it to them. All right. Julian, you got an upset? Uh, give me your Rams oh. over the 49ers. All right. All right. I like that, buddy. They, they Thank got you. a crazy – this is the defense. I love the – They I got a the really – Rams have a very good defense. I mean, yeah. Sheffish is a defensive guy. I, I think we all knew that they would be a top-10 defense uh, when he took over, when they got, you know, Laurinaitis and Long back in the day. All right. Oh, that, was a good, that was a good segment. That was a good pick segment. Jacksonville over the Browns. I, I don't know if I can live with that one, <laughs> but whatever. I mean – 
case you have to pick an upset, right? You have to pick an upset, and they're, that's one of the biggest lines of all the games. All right. that's, Mac, a bigger, the that's a bigger line, line than your one point game. Line. It's a one-point line, Mac. It's only a one-point line, Chicago? Yeah. I think, yeah. It would be an, I think it would be an upset. No, it's an upset. It's an upset. It is an upset, but it's, it's a one-point line. It's a one-point line. So my game that you're criticizing for picking is a way bigger line all right. than your game. All right, no problem, no problem. Bobby Gubin with the Fantasy Report. Julian on the phone. Thanks a lot, buddy. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, it's Sean right across from me, Matt on the other side. Great job, everybody. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your football. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.